want to welcome everybody to this morning's service of worship. If you're in the building, welcome. If you're at home, welcome. It's good to be together wherever we're able to be this morning. And hopefully things will start to improve more and more and we'll feel safer and safer to come together because there is something so special, isn't there, of being together in the building in person and caring for one another as a family. I wonder how you've come this morning, if you've come excited, if you've come exhausted, if you've come expectant, or if you've just come to tick the box. We're here this morning to worship God, the God who created, thank goodness today, the blue skies. I'm glad to see some blue skies this morning. The God who's given us breath and life today. So we're going to stand and we're going to worship. And as we stand together, I invite you, if you need to, just to be quiet. Because the first song says these words, I stand amazed in the presence of who? Of Jesus. Jesus is here this morning, our God, our awesome creator who knows all things, who is all-powerful, who is able to do all things. So let's stand amazed and in awe as we worship him together. God, though we just sing that to you, we are amazed and stand in awe of your love for us. Father God, thank you. Thank you. And thank you that one day we will stand together again, singing your praises in glory. God, we continue to lift you high because you are our hope. You are our rock, you're our foundation. And God, as we sing your praise this morning, so we pray that you'd bring our foundations ever deeper into you. Lord, thank you that our hope is built on you, our Lord. Amen. One Peter one says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope. Did you hear that? In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. Praise be to our God who's given us hope, who's raised Jesus from the dead and offers the same to us. And our next song speaks about that amazing truth that he's given to us through Christ. If you are a young person in senior school, in college, sixth form university, please do join us after the morning service from quarter past 12 to about two o'clock in the hall. It is an opportunity to meet with Ian, our lead pastor, and the church officers because we want to find out from you your views on um, worship, preaching, how to be a multi-generational church. So we're going to have lunch together at the back. So if you fall into that category, please do come along. It'd be great to spend some time with you. Today is the fifth Sunday in the month, and on the fifth Sunday of every month, we do not have an evening service, so there is no service tonight, so please do not come to the church, there will be nobody here, but use that as an opportunity, maybe call someone who you've not spoken to recently, um, or invite someone around for coffee, do whatever chance it is just to get in touch with people, it would be really great if you could do that. Tomorrow night on Zoom, we are going to be having a session um, led by Jiddy called Discovering RBC, and it's for those people who have joined the church over 
this period of time where they've not had a chance to find out who the church is, what we do, who everyone is. If you would um, like to be a part of that, the Zoom link is going to be emailed out to everybody tomorrow so you can join. Or if you do not currently receive the emails from the church, please don't leave today without speaking to either myself, Ian, Jiddy's going to be out in the um, meeting place area. Please do speak to one of us and we will give you the email account for the church office so you can contact them tomorrow so you can get the Zoom link. Thank you. Thank you, Hayley. Let's spend a few minutes in prayer together. Father, we thank you for those beautiful verses that we heard this morning and for the words in the song that speak of your hope. Thank you that, Father, even though we time and time again get things wrong, you never give up on us. You never walk away from us. And Lord, this morning we come together knowing that we have got so much wrong in our own lives. And Lord, we ask your forgiveness this morning. Father, cleanse us from all the sin that so easily tangles, from the sin that we know we're doing to the sin that we're perhaps not even aware of. Father, forgive us, we pray this morning, and cleanse us by your blood. And Lord, we thank you that we have a living hope. We don't worship a saviour who simply died on a cross. We don't worship a saviour who's that nicey-nice story we tell at Christmas of the baby in the manger. But we worship our saviour who came as that baby, who lived amongst us, who performed incredible miracles, who taught us about the Father, who died on that cross that we can be forgiven, but also defeated death, who rose again, for whom we have a living hope, he who is all-powerful. And God, we worship you this morning, and we say thank you. Father, over this past year and a half, there seems to have been so many people that have gone into glory from our fellowship, and there's so much pain within the fellowship of people that have been lost. We pray for those who have lost loved ones over this past year, or longer, who still miss those people so much. We pray for your comfort. We pray for your grace. We pray for your strength and your courage to face each day. And Lord, we pray that as a family who are definitely a little disjointed right now because of COVID and the restrictions that have been in place, we pray that we would still be able to come round one another to comfort and to support and to bless one another. Father, we pray for those today too that we know who are in such desperate need. Father, in our minds now we bring to you people who we know. Lord, we particularly want to remember Pauline Yates this morning, who um, is unwell again this morning. And we pray that the nursing and doctor staff would be able to treat her and help her. Give them both peace, we pray, Ken and Pauline. And surround them, we pray, with great medical support today. 
We pray for Brenda Hughes's brother, who's so poorly in hospital. We pray for Naomi, Ben and Hannah's uh, sister out in Israel, and her family. And Lord, we pray that they might know your love and your grace at this very, very difficult time. Lord, we pray for all of those who we've mentioned by name in our hearts. So many people in need at this time. Draw close to each one, we pray. And Father, as we continue in our worship this morning, so we pray whether we're at home or in the building, that Father God, you would speak to us through your word as Ian brings it shortly. That you'd speak to our children as they go out to their Sunday group. That again, you would speak to them and into their hearts and lives and draw them close to you. By your spirit, we pray you'd come and minister to your people today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite the lovely Sam to come and lead us for a minute. Good morning, church. Uh, may I start by saying I miss everyone the last couple of weeks uh, that we've been away. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your love. You might be wondering why Samuel here is going to talk about money. And yes, you will be right. So there's, <laughs> there's no need to. Yeah, you'll be right, yeah. But in a very friendly and gentle way. Uh, as you probably know, to those of you who are new to church, my name is Samuel Tunde. I'm the church treasurer. It's an honor to serve the church, to serve the Lord, and to serve you. You know, I really enjoy being your treasurer, and I really do. Sincerely, genuinely, you know, happy to be your treasurer. But sometimes, to reduce the gray hair in my head, I need your help. <laughs> Just a quick, you know, I won't take too much of your time. You know, the, the operation of the church, RBC, as it is, costs over 300000 a year. Never get money from the government or from local authority is from the generosity of all of you here. So to those of you who are new, I, you know, to those of you who have been here for a long time, longer than me, and I've been worshiping here now, uh, my dear wife, how many years now? Over 20 years. So I'm now part of the furniture. But for those of you who are new, and to those who have been here, you know, how do we you know, finance or fund the operation of the church? We do it by gifts from you, which comes in varieties of ways. To the old-fashioned people like myself, who still believe in cash, we do it by you know, loose offering. That is dropping your pounds, your pence into the boxes. There's one there, there are two at the foyer. Or you can put it in an envelope, which is you know, what I've got here. It's a shame I have not got any lovely assistant to help me show it to you. But this one, yeah, you can have, oh, thank you. <laughs> you can have, uh, you know, do your offering monthly in an envelope, or you can do it weekly in an envelope. Thank you very much. <laughs> to those of you who are in the modern day that doesn't like, doesn't like carrying cash, we have contactless machine, you know, that can take up to 100 pounds if you choose. We have to limit it to a level that the provider asks us to do, you know. So if you want, you know, there will be people there who will help you to do that. Or 
you can do it by standing order. And I will give you, you know, the bank details. You just, uh, you'll be leaving the, you know, your account every month. And these are the ways that we, you know, the church operates on the funding. One thing I would like to encourage all of you to do, if you are a UK taxpayer, you know, is to give aid your offering. And what does it mean? The church, as a registered charity, will be able to get back from her UK government, from her majesty's government, 20% of that offering. So let's make it, the math simple. You give 100 quid, RBC will go back to Ricky Sunak and say, yep, Mr. X has given us 100 pounds, we want 20 pounds back from you. And he will not argue, he will give it back to us. So your offering is not 100 pounds, but 120. The good news, another good news is that if you are a higher rate taxpayer, you can go back to Ricky, Ricky Sunak and say to him, you know what, I have donated, or, or you know, put in an offer 100 pounds, and I'm a higher tax, higher rate taxpayer, can you give me back? And I know you've given the church back 20%. I need the other 20%. And we'll be happy to give it to you. What you do with it is your choice. But I would like you to give that 20% back to RBC. Sorry, I'm becoming too greedy now, aren't I? But, you know, that is how it works. So I will not take too much of your time. To do, to give aid your offering, you have to complete a form. And the form is in here. My lovely assistant, I'll do this myself. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll give you this, and you just fill it in. You know, all it is is your, uh, your name, your full name, your address, and for you to consent of us going to Her Majesty's Treasury to claim back the tax that you have paid on that money. It will not cost you anything. So. If you need any more information, I will be at the back, at the four, you know, in the foyer. Please feel free to speak to me. If you can't speak to me today, I'm always in church you know, all the time. So please do feel free to talk to me. If I have offended anyone, I ask for your forgiveness. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you, Sam. We're going to say thanks to God for the offering now. And in a minute, as the children leave, if anyone would like to uh, put anything in the offerings, please do so, um, either at the front or the back. But let's say thank you. It's part of our worship, isn't it? So let us say thank you to God. Father God, we thank you so much for Sam and the team who oversee the finances of this church. And God, it's such an uncomfortable topic to talk about. We don't want to be talking about finance, and yet it's a reality of um, our lives, but it's also part of our worship and part of our sacrificing to you. And so, Father God, we thank you for Sam and his team, and we thank you for the way that they lead and guide us and how the monies are used for your glory. So we pray your blessing upon them. And we pray for those gifts that have been given today, either through the bank or in person. And Lord, for every single penny, we pray that it would be used for your glory. We pray that many people might come to hear about you through that finance. And Lord, we just pray that there would be a difference made in our community and across the world because of our offerings to you today. 
And so, Lord, we say thank you. Thank you for all that you've blessed us with. Please take these offerings and use them for your glory. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand and sing our worship again. And as we do so, our children are going to leave us this morning. So they're going to go out to their own groups. Anyone who is in year six and below, I think it is, are heading out to the hall. The teenagers are staying in this morning. But as you've heard, there is lunch provided afterwards and an opportunity to input into the church. The children are gone. Bye. Have a lovely, lovely time. But yeah, teenagers, look forward to your lunch and I really hope you get to have some really good input into the church. So children, be blessed. Let's stand as we worship. There was also a crate available if anybody would like to use it. It's working now. <laughs> There's always one, isn't there? Just to put panic amongst the sound desk. What's gone wrong? It's him that's gone wrong at the front. As we come to look at God's word, let's hear the scripture read. And Sarah, I think, is going to read the first chapter of the book of Daniel. church. The reading is from Daniel chapter 1 verse 1 to 21. Daniel's training in Babylon. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude of every kind, for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names, to Daniel, the name Balthazar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favour and compassion to Daniel, but the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other men of your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishal, and Azariah, 
Please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for ten days. At the end of the ten days, they looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who ate the, food, the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four men, four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there for the first year of King Cyrus. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Sarah. Today we're starting a new series of sermons walking through the book of Daniel. Uh, it's a book we haven't done as a church for a long while, but it's quite an exciting story and a quite exciting book. And today I'm just going to give you the overview, and next week we'll start to get into the details. I'm not going to start by just going through chapter one. I think Vicky's got that blessing next week, so she's quite relieved that I'm not going to do that, because otherwise she'll have to try and do a better sermon than I did, which won't be very hard, but yeah. We're going to look at the book of Daniel as a whole first. And I think if I look at the book of Daniel and have to describe it in two words, it will be these two words. No compromise. No compromise. Daniel is a book, yes, okay, it was written about 600 years or so before Christ, but it's a book that is relevant today to the believer, to the follower of God, because it's a book that calls us in a confusing, multicultural, multi-moral world to compromise all sorts of things about what we stand for. I'm not talking about what we stand for in imperialism, in, in our nationality. Those things are great. It's what we stand for as believers of Christ. Because we're being told it's no longer relevant, or you should change, or you should update, or you should be doing these things. Yet, in the book of Daniel... The same things were being said, and Daniel was one not to compromise. Sometimes we stand firm for things that have nothing to do with biblical things. And we want to keep everything just as it was in the past. Can I just say, young people, I'm really, really looking forward to meeting with you over lunch today as we have the Youth, youth Forum so we can hear your perspective I believe God's touching the youth of this nation in a way that's going to challenge the church going forward. And it's a great opportunity to talk with our young people 
and say, what is God saying to you? What's God saying to the church? And sometimes we hold dear and we won't compromise on things that are tradition. Not biblical, they're tradition. And we argue about those things. I remember I grew up in a church and in that church they had the robed choir. And the robed choir, they walked in and I've got to say to young people, they look like a line of king penguins coming in. The colour of the robes did not help. And they stood there. And at any time that the ministers tried to introduce a song from Mission England praise book, you remember it came out in the 80s, the choir would go on strike. They didn't believe in any music that was written in the last century. That's not the no compromise we're standing for. We've sung some amazing songs this morning that talk about biblical truth and things. And they have brought glory to God. No compromise is, as a Christian, we water down what we believe to fit in. To fit into the world. And so the book of Daniel, if you went to read it right through, it'll take you about an hour and a quarter. And I want to encourage you this week, if you could just take time to read through the back of the book of Daniel, familiarise yourself with the story. If you find reading a struggle, if you go onto Bible Gateway and there are others, you can listen to it being read to you. But take time to hear this story or to read this story, to just understand the storyline as we will go through it. The book is in two halves. In the first six chapters, the story is about Daniel, an exile in a high position in the court, and he, how he stood. And it was his story. The second six chapters contain series of visions about the future and what is coming. To add to the complexity of this book, it's written in two different languages. Most of it was written in Aramaic, in Hebrew, where chapters 2 to 7 are written in Aramaic. Fortunately, somebody's taken the time to translate it into English, so you don't need to worry too much about that. The themes that hold together in the two halves are about faithfulness in tough situations. And as you read through this story in this week, as you read through the book of Daniel, look for those moments of being tough and standing firm in tough situations and ask yourselves, would I have stayed faithful to God in that context? Another important theme is the theme of hope that goes through it. Hope for the future, hope that God is in control, hope that things are going to be okay. And underlying it all, underlying the history and the future, is the belief that God can and will deliver his people, even in the worst of situations. And so, the book is history and a look at the apocalypse. The apocalypse, you know, what's going to come? 
And often, if you want to look at the end times, you need to look at the book of Daniel and Revelation in combination. And that apocalypsis moment, the weird visions that I'm not sure who we've allocated to preach on them yet. Uh, I need to go back and check that I've given myself the easier parts. There's weird beasts. Violent battles between good and evil. But beneath it all, there is that sure certainty that God is in control. God is in control. What makes this book so fascinating is the question of what we should do to remain faithful to God in a situation that does not recognize God at all? And this is a very pertinent question to us today. As we look at the things going on in the world, as we look at the media and some of the teaching that goes on in schools, the trying to say Christianity has no relevance. My good friend Gavin Calver wrote an excellent article yesterday in the Times where he outlined that whilst the commentators are wanting to say the faith of Christian faith is dead, Christianity is making a bigger difference now than probably it ever has through food banks and through aid, through programmes, and although it may not be nicely, neatly packed up in what used to be the traditional Church of England church, God is on the move in the UK. And God is on the move in his people who remain faithful. We learn as we start to read the book of Daniel that Daniel was a member of the aristocracy in Judah and he was taken into exile in Babylon, but he was tuned into God. His wisdom marked him out and he was promoted to a position of influence in the Babylonian court. He served the king with skill and loyalty while at the same time remaining loyal to God. I want you to just journey with me for a moment. Because as we look at Daniel, we get three pictures, possibly four. And I've deliberately made the stage look messy this morning. Bear with me. An apology to those on the cameras, because they're going to have to follow me. And I know that for camera people, this is a nightmare. And apologies to those in the gallery. I'm going to go down a bit lower in a minute, okay? Watch me on the screen. You might see something worth seeing. You might not. But I want to say three images of Daniel. And probably the most important one I have symbolized by this chair. Daniel was a man of prayer. 
He could not stand up if he had not been rooted. If he had not put so much strength and effort into his relationship with God, the rest of his life would be chaos. As we go through Daniel, we see that Daniel didn't just pray once a day. Who has a quiet time? Don't put your hands up. Maybe you think, I have a quiet time with God every day. My relationship's good. Daniel did it three times a day. For Daniel to follow God, it was all based in his relationship with God. He invested in his relationship that was key to who he was and what he did. Yes, he had high office in the king's court. Yes, he had the following of the king. But most important, most important was he had a relationship with God. Many people here can name drop those they've been with, those they've seen, those they have spent time with. But it bears nothing if you can't say, I am relation, in relationship with God. And so the first image as we go into the book of Daniel, is one of being rooted. Rooted. Do you remember the 19, I think it was 85 hurricanes that went across the UK? Was it 87? Somebody will correct me. 87, thank you. I was so young, I barely remember. <laughs> but thank you, Sarah, for helping me out from your memory. <laughs> At that time, that hurricane went across the south of England. And it's one of those that's stuck in people's memory, not least because of the weatherman the night before saying, I've heard report of hurricanes, there's no hurricane coming. I grew up, as you know, in Torbay. And there used to be, just near where I lived, um, Brunel Manor, the home built, and by, built by Isambard Kingdom Brunel. And in the grounds of Brunel Manor, which as kids we used to go on into most days, was woods. And there was this great, amazing wood. After that fateful hurricane, you looked up and it was a flat wood. Because all the trees in that wood had shallow roots. They had shallow roots. And when the storm came, they got the wind, and the wind just took the roots out. Which trees stood? The trees that had the deepest woods roots. They're the ones that stood. Yes, they might have got a branch broken off or more, but they stayed upright because their roots were right down. And friends, as we go into the book of Daniel, I want to say... One thing we're going to need to learn is about being rooted, deeply rooted in the word, rooted in our relationship with God, rooted in who God is. And if we spend an hour a day investing in our relationship with God, that's the most important thing you can do. 
And Daniel could have been the most busy person in the court of the king. He was a great advisor. He was one of the Dominic Cummings of the day, yet without the baggage of the Dominic Cummings of the day. Because his relationship and his rootedness was in God. And I want to say, get rooted. That's not to be offensive. Sounds like an offensive term, doesn't it? Get rooted! But get rooted. Because if you're going to stand in the storm, you need the roots to hold you. So Daniel was a man who was rooted in prayer so that he could stand. And he could stand tall even at the moment of total battle. We're going to see as we go through the stories of Daniel, the Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the lion's den and the fiery furnace and all those things. It was about a man of God who was prepared to stand what was right even when the law of the land was written against him. And friends, at times the law of even this land will be written against the rights and freedoms of Christianity. Are we rooted enough to stand firm even when there is injustice? And in our workplace, and in our education place, in the places we find ourselves, are we prepared to stand up and say, I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, even when people are mocking you? But it comes back to, are you rooted? Are you rooted? See, the thing about roots, it doesn't just give you security, it gives you nourishment. It feeds. It prepares. And we're going to see through the story of Daniel the importance of integrity. The importance of those two words I started off with. No compromise. See, it could have been that Daniel's mind went, well, if I just bow to Nebuchadnezzar, it'll all go away and it'll be better and I can just get back onto my... But he'd have compromised. It had compromised. I want to ask you are you finding yourself compromising? Are you finding yourself compromising your faith to fit in, to not stand out? There's one thing Daniel did is he stood out. There's one thing that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego did. They stood out. I mean, it's hard not to stand out when the, the bell goes and everybody's meant to bow down to king and you just stood up there, you know. I mean, it, it sort of points to you as standing out. But do you know what? As Christians, we're called to stand out. And standing out will make us noticed. 
And sometimes we have to stand out and find ourselves in awkward places. Because of who God has called us to be. So the first picture here of rootedness. The second one is standing up, standing out, not compromising. And the third thing was this look at the future with hope. The apocalypse. There is going to be trouble ahead. But we know the end story. Have you noticed in the songs we have sung today, every one of them had a story, had a verse in about Jesus coming again. And I don't know about you, when I sing those verses, my heart's thrilled because I know one day it's going to all be all right. But until then, I'm going to be called to stand up and often get into trouble. In the book of Daniel, Daniel is looking to that day that glorious day when all things will come to an end. But he is not going to compromise. He can look that far way because he has hope. He has hope because he is rooted. He is rooted because he is spending time with God. And as he's rooted, he can stand up, he can be proud, and he is not going to compromise. And I'm causing a nightmare for the poor people on the camera, and I am so sorry. But... As we go through the book of Daniel, there's going to be times when we're going to sense chaos. Chaos in who we are. Chaos in having to decide, are we going to start coming back to the source of all life? We're going to be challenged. Have we compromised? too much we're going to be challenged are we standing in the midst of a storm there's some lovely verses in the book of Daniel find them as you go through but this one is from Daniel chapter 2 Blessed be the name of God from age to age, for wisdom and power are his. Do you notice Daniel's not claiming the wisdom for himself? The wisdom comes from God, and the power comes from God. He changes times and seasons, disposes of kings, and sets up kings. There's an interesting word for now, isn't it? However we feel... God is the one who will dispose of kings and set up kings and presidents and prime ministers. God will do it. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells within him. Spending time with God, you get the insight that God knows what's in the darkness and strength the foe. Another verse. This time from Daniel chapter 2 again. And in, day, in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will sit up, set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. 
nor shall this kingdom be left to another people. God's going to set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Jesus' coming was the start of the kingdom of God coming and there is going to be all sorts of things happening. In Daniel chapter 12, may those who sleep in the dust of the earth, sorry, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like stars in the brightness of the sky. And those who lead many to righteousness like stars forever and ever. This is a book about future hope. And so, as we journey, and I'm excited about this journey, are you? Those who haven't fallen asleep are still excited. (laughs) I'm going to ask you a question. A question that you need to respond to. Not to me, you'll be pleased to know, but to God. Will you be a Daniel? You does right, you don't have to change your name to Daniel, and you can have Daniel Danielle if you prefer. Let's include everybody in this. But will you decide today, as we set out on this book of Daniel, to get rooted in God? Get rooted in God. There's going to be storms. There'll be some hurricanes. Some of those storms will come from known places and others will come from places you think, really? Will you be rooted? Truly rooted. During the storms, will you be a Daniel and stand up for what is right, what is godly? Or will you just try and fit in? And as we enter the unknown, some is known through the scripture, but not all is known. Will you be faithful and travel? with hope rooted standing travelling with hope will you today decide to be a Daniel will you today Start the journey. As we go through this book together, it's going to challenge us. It may frighten us. But following God has never been easy. 
But the reward is in those verses we just read from chapter 12. We will have eternity with him and we will shine like stars. But it begins by getting rooted. As we, in a moment, come to our sung worship at the end of this service, I want to ask you, before you go from this building, will you decide to put some new roots down? To double your efforts in your relationship with God? To be intentional about growing your faith so much stronger that you can stand out for God and not worry about the apocalypse that's to come, but stand out. As the worship group comes back, Steve, do you want to just lead in a moment of prayer and just reflection? Picking on you there, sorry, my friend. <laughs> just. Uh, respond and then maybe the song we got or another one whatever you feel let's pray together father we thank you for this morning's word we thank you for this season that we are alive Thank you for our local church. Thank you for one another. And we do thank you for even those difficult seasons where it is quite a challenge, a challenge to be rooted in your word, a challenge to, to stay consistent with our relationship with you, even a great challenge with our prayer lives. But we are reminded this morning that you are calling us to not only stand on your word, but to live out your word. This morning, if there's anyone that is feeling weak or disconnected from you, what a beautiful picture of you standing with your arms wide open. We do not need to walk alone, but you call us to walk with you. Thank you, Lord, for your word this morning that has transformed us. Your word that reminds us that if we stand strong upon your word, there isn't a mountain that we cannot face or climb. There isn't a valley that we cannot walk through. So we pray as we walk out of this building, even as we sing this final song, may we be reminded, it is so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take you at your word, just to rest upon your promises, just to know, thus saith the Lord. And indeed this morning, we want to say, Father, we are trusting in your word. Your word never fails. When all is failing around us, you are our only constant, a God that remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if we're feeling weak this morning, we take assurance that your word will help us to stand strong. 
And indeed, we can take deep roots, deep roots in your word that will shield us, protect us, and also help us to face these mountains and walk through these valleys. I pray for my brothers and sisters this morning. As we leave this building, may we leave transformed and changed by the assurance that we do not walk alone, but you walk with us. And all God's people say, Amen. Let's stand together. As we come to a conclusion, I'm going to do something that's totally unplanned and pick on people that are totally not expecting it. But I wonder, Sade, Jiddy, Rodney, and um, I think that would be fine. If those three people could come to the front at the end of the service. If you need prayer, these people are going to be here and they're going to pray for you. If you want to start getting rooted in Christ in a new way, I just believe one or two people need to respond in some way. Come to the front and Shadi, if you can make sure everybody's prayed for before they go, that'll be wonderful as they do. But um, I'll ask this, if a lot more come forward, if some of the other leaders can just keep an eye out and maybe come forward. I'm going to say to the worship group, if we can just sing that song again after I've said the grace, that people can either go or come to the front or just be quiet. Maybe you're running on empty. Your rootedness is gone and you need to get re-rooted with God. Come for prayer. Maybe you feel you've compromised and you want to get back. Come for prayer. Those praying are wearing masks, which are as COVID secure as we can. But today I believe one or two people, God's calling to do real business with them. Don't go if God's talking to you. But may God bless you. May God keep you. May God's life go right through you. And may God take you on a journey of revolution for his glory. That you will be the people who will take hope to this world. Amen. Amen. Come forward if you want prayer as the worship group just lead us and repeat that song.